airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and we will be sure to open the phone lines um, as we kind of, in part, continue our conversation and then expand it with some uh, comments from uh, Karen Pence, the wife of, uh, of Vice President Mike Pence. Mm-hmm. I know that the official term is second lady. Oh, it is. And I, and I know that, you know, because you have the first lady, Melania Trump, and that's just right. the way it goes, first lady, second lady. Like, I understand it. But if I could just be honest, <laughs> I have a hard time with it. Like I just, I, don't I have say a hard. That. That's yeah. I, used to I say have a hard time saying wife. second lady. Yeah, yeah, like it just. I you know. I mean, I understand. I understand how it all works, and I know there are going to be people who say, "Oh, Miki, come on." I get it, but I'm just. If I could just be transparent with you, um, I have a hard time describing any woman as the second woman like you know what i mean like i I mean i just i feel like to mike pence she's the first lady right Mm. she's his first lady and and i understand how it all works but just yeah you know what i mean so anyway not to you know not to take away from our customs here you know and the way we refer to um our dignitaries and things like that but right right anyways karen pence (laughs) um on my radar once again and i i would imagine that she would continue to be on our radar as we near um, 2020 election. And this is good. I um, want to share with you some information that I think she just she just made a common sense point in an interview with USA Today. And I want to share a bit of that interview with you in just a little bit. So that will kind of help expand the conversation. And then the continuation of yesterday's conversation, we're talking about uh, maintaining the distinction of the gospel in today broadening the conversation, maintaining the distinction of the gospel in 21st century America. Uh, But yesterday was maintaining the gospel distinction as it pertains to politics. Mm -hmm. And um, now I will say this. um, I did have one of my moments where, you know, people have said, Miki, you you know, what happened? You usually get lit, you know, and and like, I'm like, we don't want to manufacture that. No, we don't want to be got to come naturally. Right. We want to be, we, we want to be upset naturally. Right. Um, but I did have a moment because I, I'll, I'll tell you. And so if you're listening to the program yesterday, if not, you can get the archives. There's some links in there and which there'll be links to the stories we discussed today as well. Um, look, I try to um, I try to communicate from a genuine place. Not, you know, you don't want to be shrill. You don't want to be, you know, you you don't want to be over the top. Right. But I do find that sometimes when you are talking to a person and this person could be a fellow believer, but they have been so indoctrinated by what I would say are liberal talking points that are everywhere that they begin to fold liberal talking points into their view of scripture. Mm. Right. So the liberal talking points come first and then you find a way to see that in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. That is not the way we're supposed to approach the scriptures. I believe it's called eisegesis. Like when you read into the scriptures, what you want to be there, what you see, what you believe, what we are supposed to do 
conversely or to you know the opposite of that mm-hmm. is that we are supposed to exegete the scriptures we are right. supposed to take from the scriptures what the scriptures mean um in their original context mm-hmm. and this is this is why it's so important to even teach young children how to read and understand things contextually so that when they grow as they grow um being nurtured by the word of god they understand that they are not to take everything in the word of god and immediately turn it around and describe what it means to them. That's usually sort of our safe place. Right. You know, we're usually like, well, to me. Right. Or we start off with what I see here. Right. And look, and there's no problem with you being able to see and, and receive the promises of God and be encouraged by the word of God. We must be able to do that. But we have to understand that there is an aim and there is an original meaning and purpose for what you're reading. And and it's not, you know, we we cannot take a liberal approach to the word of God, whereby we then take our current talking points and then we say, you know what? I think I have a scripture to make this point. But I think and I think some of that really honestly is out of a, a habit too. like I'm yeah. saying like this is what I see or, you know, not really understanding that uh, it really don't matter what, you know, <laughs> right. What I see. But what is the right. scripture saying or what, you know, what is the point oh that's goodness. being made by the you know, yeah, I think it's out of right. habit sometimes. No, I think you're right. And and I think we train people to discuss the scriptures this way. Yeah. We'll read a passage. What do you And yeah. the, exactly right. Yeah. And then we'll just go around a circle yeah. and then say, hey, guys, I've tell us it. what stands out to you. Like, what does this mean? <laughs> right. No, we all have. We all have. And I think and I don't want to be like this, you know, you know, taskmaster. I think we we must be encouraged by the word of God. Mm-hmm. We must allow the Lord to speak to us by his Holy Spirit through the scriptures. We must allow for that to happen. So I'm not saying that you just cannot observe things in scriptures and find relevance for today because the word of God is living and active. Right. Because the scripture speaks to you. So if, if, if you're like not that you're taking it out of context, but you might see something today that you didn't see, you mm-hmm. know, um, maybe a year ago. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same, but it's not out of context. It's just something that's been revealed even more about the scripture. That's right. That's right. And so yesterday, I guess a little bit of my my frustration and I, I it's not with necessarily people, but it's with an idea that I feel like goes unexplored. And that is whether or not the word of God is completely trustworthy for every area of our life. Like, can we believe what the word of God says or does there become a time where the word of God is irrelevant and we need we need new systems. Nope. Right? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> You're like, oh, that. that's okay, here we go. I don't care if it's historical. <laughs> no. The answer to that is no. Um, but I think in especially in a political discussion, mm-hmm. um, what the Christian, I believe, is always striving for is, and we say this so often, to get as close to the word of God as possible. And so um yesterday, one of the things I think that has really kind of um, you know, kind of irritated me mm-hmm. in the discussion on borders and illegal immigration, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what our country is supposed to do is that I think that a lot of well-meaning Christians mm-hmm. who are unfamiliar with the scriptures have begun with a liberal talking point. Mm. And the liberal talking point is that all men and women are best served when they get to live freely as they wish within the borders of the United States of America. Hmm. Which is always interesting to me because some of these Christians, not all of them, but some of these Christians will decry the inequity of what it is to live in 
the United States America. of America. Exactly. They will decry how we are not the greatest, how we are, you know, we've got we'll all want these everybody problems. everybody else to come over here. But everyone's going to be best served <laughs> by being here. I'm that saying, no why suffer people to live here? Right. Makes no sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, that's a that's a that's a natural argument. That's mm-hmm. a natural argument. But I like to go. I think we need to go for the 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 you know, the richness of the scriptures in all of our debate and all of our conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to ask the question about what the Lord says about nations Mm. and what the Lord says about tribes and tongues. And we see one that that is represented around the throne of God. Mm -hmm. So we understand that the distinction of nations and tribes and tongues, that is God's idea. You don't see that eradicated or abolished in eternity as if that were some sort of mistake or act of the fall. That's right. That's right. I mean, (laughs) right. I mean, because come on now. I mean, if if, if, if we're going to be talking about going living in eternity Mm -hmm. where this is going to be the moment for sin and rebellion and all acts of the fall to be eradicated. Right then why is John clearly seeing that mm-hmm. every nation and tribe and tongue is represented yeah. around the throne of God, that those distinctions are maintained? That's one. Two, um, the Holy Spirit makes an incredible point through the Apostle Paul when you read Acts, and I was getting into this as we, as we ended the show yesterday, but the Holy Spirit of God makes an incredible point that the church must never forget. Nations are God's idea. Mm-hmm. Borders and the sovereignty of those borders those, those are God's idea. And there's amazing, you know, um, import there that I think we miss, Will, that the reason that God did this is. That they will seek God. Holy Spirit of, go ahead. Yeah. That they will seek that God. Verse 27. God. In uh, Acts 17. Amen. That, that the boundaries. Yeah. And all those things are appointed. Um, and the, the, the end result is that they may, that they would seek for God. If perhaps they might grope for him and find him though he is not Mm. far from each one of us. Man, you know, so look, I'm going to tell you, and and people think that I am probably overly simplistic or Mm. maybe I just, you know, just reduce things too freely. But I will tell you this. I am so grateful for everything that is my makeup, that is my experience in life, that is the skin that I'm born in, where I was raised, Mm -hmm. everything that has happened. I have found the sovereign hand of God in that, that I have sought after him and found him. Amen. And I think sometimes there is, and and we don't want to admit it because maybe it, you know, it reveals something in, and, and I, you know, I don't want to wrongly put this on all liberal Christians. I think that there are some conservative Christians who also wrestle with the question of borders and what you do with illegal immigrants. Notice that I'm calling this as it actually is. Because the news media wants us to say immigrants and they want that to be a blanket statement. But what we really have to have a discussion about in this country is illegal immigration and how we handle that. People who would bulldoze or bogart into this country illegally. What do you do about that? Do you as a nation, do we as a nation have the right to have a sovereign nation and protected borders where people cannot just, you know, demand that they come in? Mm. All right. And I think that's the question that we need to have. And and everybody needs to understand that 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 is the context of the conversation. But I think there is something that um, most liberal Christians and some conservative Christians, if if they can be got at by the liberal media. All right. Then they find themselves in the same category as well. The question then becomes, are you an elitist? 
Do you believe that the work of God only goes forth in the United States of America? Mm. Let me tell you something. From the founding of this nation, the Lord has been dispatching people around the world to advance the gospel. And I think it's so important for Americans to understand that the message of Jesus Christ does not begin with the United States of America. That's right. All right. That that message came to this country. (laughs) It came to these colonies. All right. Like we need to understand that. So if God in his sovereignty is able to give aid and to help and even that the message of the cross gets to the new world. All right. Then it is indeed able and potent enough to make it around the world unless. Now, this is where, you, you know, unless people's ultimate aim in this life is not that man should get the gospel. If your ultimate aim in life is that it's sort of like a every day is a Friday, live your best life now. And you believe that, you know, America is the greatest opportunity that people have to do that. Then, yes, of course, you believe that there should be no borders and everyone should be free to flood. But I will tell you this. I believe that in the sovereignty of God, he has established nations. Mm -hmm. He causes them to rise and he topples them. That's right. This is this is what what it what it is to understand the sovereignty of God. So what is our role in all of this? Our role in all of this is to be obedient to the Lord and to discern whether or not the Lord would send us. And even for those who come into this country, which, by the way, millions of people coming into this country legally, mm-hmm. we man, we are a generous nation. Yes. Right. But the Lord and his sovereignty, I was I was talking to a brother the other day who listens to AFR, listens to our programming And he said something that I told the kids about this morning as we were reading um, in the book of Acts is where we are now. And I I was I was telling the kids about this. And I said, you know, I was talking to um, a brother who listens to AFR. He may be listening now. And he said he said, look, if I was depending on people now to get the gospel, he said, I would be on my way to hell. Mm. He said, you know, nobody asked me if I know Jesus. This is an older gentleman talking to me. He said, no one asked me if I know Jesus. He says, no one comes up to me. And he, he's talking about how he walks around and, you know, he will share with people. He has gospel tracks and he's trying to, you know, um, communicate to people the urgency of the moment and that Jesus is coming back, that, that what he promised is true. And he said, if I were depending on people to tell me about Jesus, he said, I would be on my way to hell. Hmm. He said, no one walks up to me and asks me if I know Jesus. Hmm. I cannot shake that. Wow. I cannot shake that. You know, so while we're out here talking about how many people we need to allow in this country, my question to every Christian is, what are we doing with the ones who are here? That's a good question. Are we getting those people the gospel? Are we being faithful to them? It's not about them getting food stamps and Section 8 housing. Are they getting Jesus Christ when they come here? All right, we got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. triumph of Christianity resulted in much that was good, inevitably the alliance of the state and the church also brought in its train many evils. 
the ceasing of persecution was a blessing, but the establishment of Christianity as the state religion became a curse. Everybody sought membership in the church and nearly everybody was received, both good and bad. Sincere seekers after God and hypocritical seekers after gain rushed into the communion. Ambitious, worldly, unscrupulous men sought office in the church for social and political influence. The moral tone of Christianity in power was far below that which had marked the same people under persecution. The services of worship increased in splendor, but were less spiritual and hearty than those of former times. The forms and ceremonies of paganism gradually crept into worship. Some of the old heathen feasts became church festivals, which changed, which changed the name and the end of worship. About 4 or 5 AD, images of saints and martyrs began to appear in the churches. Uh, they were adored and worshipped. The adoration of the Virgin Mary was substituted for the worship of Venus and Diana. The Lord's Supper became a sacrifice in place of a memorial, and the elder evolved from a preacher into a priest. As a result of the church sitting in power, we do not see Christianity transforming the world to its own ideal, but the world dominating the church. The humility and saintliness of an earlier age was succeeded by ambition, pride, and arrogance among churchmen. There were still many Christians of pure spirit like Monica, the mother of Augustine, the faithful ministers such as Jerome and John Chrysostom. Chrysostom. I have a hard time with his name. But the tide of worldliness swept uncontrolled over many professed disciples of their lowly Lord. Now, I'll stop there. And that's I'm, hmm. I'm reading from the story of the Christian church. I mentioned this book yesterday. And this is what happened after Constantine's Edict of Toleration, where, um, man, it just seemed like overnight Christianity went from being outlawed and persecuted to being celebrated. And everybody wanted to be affiliated with what it was to be a Christian. And when I'm asking the question of how does the church maintain her distinction, um, I'm looking at politics, but I'm also looking at a secularizing culture. Mm. One of the things that I have alluded to, and I've not touched on a whole lot, but I would say even within conservatism, there is a threat right now to the purity, if you will, of conservatism. Yeah. So now you have people who are very carnal in their thinking and it is just political. Yeah. So they will tolerate our moral stance. Mm -hmm. All right. um, Because they need the strength of our numbers. Right. Okay. So they've got political aims in sight and they need the strength of the church because you guys are largely you know, conservative, right? Mm-hmm. You guys are overwhelmingly on the same page with us when we talk, you know, fiscal responsibility, right? So, so when we're talking about the appointment of judges and, and even now there is, there is a conversation about, you know, how close conservatives can be linked to libertarians, mm. right? So the libertarian is like, no freedom for all. So it's mm-hmm. a woman's right to choose to mm-hmm. abort her baby. Well, that's a clash. Yeah. That's a clash with the Christian who is a conservative, politically speaking. Right. But you'll see a lot of these people sort of um, joining arms because they have the same political end. My encouragement to the body of Christ is that we must always maintain our distinction. Amen. We must always, without apology, stand up and say, no, no, we're different from that. 
Yeah. No, we are we are involved in politics. We're not going away. So don't, don't even bank on that. But at the same time, we're going to let you know where we draw the line. You know, what is the what is the adage? It says that politics makes for strange bedfellows. Mm. Well, that's not true of the gospel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and go and, ahead. And I was saying the thing is that we, we can't get uh, conflated is conservatism and Christianity. Like to, to think right. that if there, if a person says I'm a conservative to automatically uh, have it in our mind to where oh they're Christian that's, that's not right. true because I'm seeing some who uh, claim to be conservative but they're not socially conservative they no some of them are actually I've seen some homosexuals open. who are saying that yeah open saying open that homosexuals. they are conservative and so it's sometimes we we like to latch on to those you know uh, uh, people who are out there touting conservative uh, principles. And we got to be careful because they're not conservative in a way that you may be conservative. And, That's and, right. And it probably not even like Christian. So they have some different worldview going That's on. That's right. So we can't be so quick to just, OK, yeah, this person, that person. I think we need to uh, be watchful. Yeah. And, and I like how you say it. So. Pump the brakes for a second yeah. and, and say, you know, let's let's step back. Mm-hmm. And now when we can work with people and it doesn't jeopardize our core beliefs, mm-hmm. right? If it doesn't jeopardize our core values, this is why we say all the time that we are a Christian first. Right. Exactly. If if you make that your top and greatest distinction, then all of this other stuff, you're going to navigate navigate better. Yes. Right. You're going to be more efficient at navigating this. You're not going to be vacillating back and forth. You're not going to be like, ah, do we agree with them? Do we not agree? You already have been given the line, which is what I was trying to express yesterday. Christians are not necessarily drawing the line. Now, of course, admittedly, we draw the line every day in our personal lives. Like we're going to live for the glory of God. It's based upon the true line, though. That's already been established. (laughs) Amen. That's a great way to put it. It's based upon the true line that has already been established. And, And so the reason for doing this show yesterday carried over to today, the reason for doing this show is to remind us that we are Christians first. Amen. This is not just about what comes out of the mouth of the president. I'll give you an example. Here's another story that I had yesterday. We didn't get to it, but I want to talk about it. And I want to talk about it because I think that we have to make sure that we do not conflate politics with faithful Christian living. Yeah. And and being careful not to do that allows us a strong witness in the culture that when something is not right, we stand up and say something is not right. So um, when was it? I guess... I guess a couple of weeks ago now, um, President Trump appointed Paula White um, mm. as the head of the White House Faith and Opportunity Initiative. Mm-hmm. All right. She's also people are familiar with her. She's uh, President Trump's spiritual advisor. I have a hard time with that term. I understand that it's <laughs> used. It's been used for a, a long time. You know, um, I have also heard people say pastor to the president, like when they're referring to like Billy Graham. I'm much more comfortable with pastor to the president than I am with spiritual advisor. I just go back to the nineties where there were all of these, you remember the commercials like call your spiritual advisor today. She will help you walk through these. Should you take the job? (laughs) Should you like, that's what I think of when I think of spiritual advisor. So it just has a bad connotation for me. So anyways, um, but anyway, yeah. So Paula white is the president's spiritual advisor and, and personal pastor. This article says here. (laughs) And, um, Anyways, she was right. She was selected to head up 
the White House Faith and Opportunity Initiative. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing that bothers me about this is that Paula White also serves as, I think she still serves as a pastor down in Florida, right? Pastor over a church, Mm -hmm. which a couple years ago, I think it was a couple years ago, maybe three now, um, this this had to be before she was affiliated with President Trump being so this may be some time longer than I'm thinking. You'll help me with this where and we alluded to this uh, yesterday or mm. anyway, we One alluded to this recently. <laughs> I, I hate that this happens to my brain, but it happens um, where she and her husband stood up on stage and talked about consuming illicit viewing material. OK. Yeah. And and she justified it in saying, I'm there. He's not just watching this on his own. Like, you know, and um, we played the clip yeah. on our morning show yeah. and we talked about how this is inconsistent with the profession of faith. This is not something that should be celebrated yeah, and cheered. And, and people were clapping as they announced this and talked about this and talked to, you know, it was it was just yeah. um, anyway, it was a, it was a it was it was terrible to yeah. say it simply. It was terrible. So so. Paula White has a new book out and she'd been making her rounds and being interviewed regarding this book and, you know, recently appointed to this, this position. Well, a day after she was appointed to this position, um, her ministry sent out an email that had her name on it, right? Mm-hmm. It had her name attached to it. Um, a day after the announcement was made that she was going to be in this new position, her ministry emailed supporters under her name, asking them to donate $3,600 to achieve opportunity and favor from God. I, yeah. Stop it. Now, um, come on, man, man. I'm sorry. Oh, this grieves me so much because <sighs> I grew up, um, watching people yeah. manipulate the people of God mm-hmm. and saying that you will not be blessed and that you will not receive the favor of God. If you don't give this amount of money, if you don't do this, um, and you don't see that in scripture at all. Right. You don't see um, the people of God being taken advantage of or being fleeced. Mm. Um, and so anyways, if I'm just political, understand, if I'm just political, then I ignore this story. I say, well, the good thing is that we've got a faith and opportunity initiative going and we've got people who are going to see what kind of federal dollars can be um, allocated to go to help faith based community initiatives because we recognize that the church does an incredible work in the community. Right. So if I'm just political, I will say, hey, we're conservatives and we're winning and this is good. But if the gospel trumps my political activism, mm. <laughs> then I will say Paula White should be ashamed of herself. Right. She should be ashamed of herself that she is in such a position of influence that she would use that influence to manipulate and to control people and to say, if you want favor and blessings, then or opportunity and and favor, opportunity and favor, then send us thirty six hundred dollars. Guys, that's wrong. That's wrong. The faithful believer. See, this is when the question is, okay, so. What does distinction in our culture look like today? Mm-hmm. It looks like us getting as close to the word of God as we can. Amen. It looks like us saying what may not be popular. People may not enjoy that we say it. And sometimes it's going to make people uncomfortable around us because do you understand that people are most comfortable within the context of a herd <laughs> where we all think the same. Yep. We all say the same. We all agree around here. 
But if you've got one person in a room of agreement and that person stands up and says, I agree with one stipulation, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, that right there, that part, that piece, that's not exactly accurate. Well, if you are ever that person, mm -hmm. you are not going to be well liked. And I I just wanted to say this, too, because like on on the president's. on the president, I I, I kind of feel like he probably don't even have a clue of what this type of stuff is. You know? No, I, oh, so, not at all. I, so, you know, because I don't think he would. He he. But as the people of God, man, we understand when people what people are doing when they're trying mm-hmm. to like get money and take advantage of certain situations, man, for their own benefit, and it's disgusting. It and it's really disgusting. is. And this is something I don't, you know, I wouldn't blame and say, oh, President Trump, man, you got somebody. But at the same no. time, because I don't think he really even would know this type of stuff. But, man, she should be ashamed of herself for this and for other things. And it's sad that she is so close in that way. Mm-hmm. I wish there were some men around her, him, around the president, that would say, like, that would advise him otherwise. That's, yeah, that's you know, I would have. I would have held out hope that um, that like a Franklin Graham and like a James Dobson would maintain a a closer (laughs) point of contact to really be um, to really be a blessing. I mean, and even Vice President Mike Pence, I I know that, you know, there are different things that 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 each is doing. um, But I'm telling you, you know, my thing is this. If we really, truly. Um, Because I think that there and I I don't want to again, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but Mm -hmm. I'm speaking as a person who prayed for President Obama. Mm-hmm. I asked the Lord to save him repeatedly. And I, I you know, and I, I'd have these thoughts of like, Lord, if he did like a 180 and turned from like his wicked ideologies, like, mm-hmm. Lord, what a testimony that would be. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> like, Lord, save him, you know? And and so so my my approach with President Trump is President Trump, if you love the president, then you want the best for him right. independently of what that just means for you. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And I right. think there are some people who don't care about that apart from just the political win. Right. And so, by the way, this conversation makes no sense to you. <laughs> like, right. it's like, wait, what? Like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Right. I'm talking about the church not <sighs> losing its distinction and not being watered down in 21st century America. And I want to give you an example of what that looks like. And I'm mm-hmm. going to shift here to Karen Pence. And this is beautiful. Like, I, you know, I'm like, I'm like, Karen, please. <laughs> Ms. Karen, Mrs. Pence, please come to Tupelo. I, I mean, I'd camp out. I want to say overnight, but that's an exaggeration. I love you, Karen, <laughs> but I'm not doing that. All right. I'd camp out for a few hours. I would do that. I'm not going to do overnight. I just I'm not sleeping outside. So but I would I would <laughs> I would come to hear you speak, sister. I really would. So she was recently interviewed um, by USA Today. And it's a it's an interesting interview and what they have they have transcribed the interview usa today transcribed the interview and we're going to put a link in today's show so that you can get that transcript you can go and read the interview fascinating interview um she's talking about you know kind of picking up and and traveling and and stumping getting as we head toward 2020 Mm -hmm. which is cool and i think she's just so down to earth and here's one of the questions and i'll ultimately get to where i want to go but here's one of the questions just to kind of you know Hey, here's Karen Pence, right? So here's the question. Question about her being on the campaign trail. She's asked if there are any particular places that she's going to be deployed. Like, where is she going to be going, you know, as we head toward 2020? And she says, there's no particular place. She says, it's really all over the place. And then let me quote her here. She says, I'm kind of the low man on the totem pole. Mike likes to say, if you want hundreds, you invite Mike Pence. If you want thousands, you invite Donald Trump. She said, so for me, it's like maybe 100 or 200. (laughs) And then she says, a lot of things I go to are the things that are wouldn't be a fit for the vice president or the first lady. 
And she says, there are things that fit me. And I'm like, I can go. I can do this. Put me in, coach. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. We got to grab the break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the simple yet profound lesson that we learned from Karen Pence on defending and protecting religious freedom. Erin the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. You can weigh in on this conversation if you'd like. 888-589-8840. Sherry B. is over in Studio CC, and she'll take your calls, and she'll let me know. And I'll be watching. I'll be ready to go. 888-589-8840. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Sarah Reeves with details. So I think we have a little bit of a, a delay, a little yeah, bit of a technical delay, but we it's okay. We'll work on it. Um, I, I just, I just want to say that there, we don't realize this, and then I'll go back to Karen Pence. We don't realize that so much of what we call Christianity or what we think is being spiritual is really superstition. It is something else that has infiltrated the church and it has influenced us in ways that you really could not imagine. And it's mm. sad. And and I would say that for Paula White to be appointed to a position um, a position that is respected, you know, yeah. um, you know, historically, I yes. think it's been around since George W. Bush, who's, mm-hmm. who started. Yeah. And then and then President Obama continued it. And now President Trump. But you've been given an incredible opportunity. But to turn that around and say, look, you can have some of this opportunity in favor if you're willing to pay for it. If you're willing to give us thirty six hundred dollars, you can Come have on, some man. of this opportunity. You can have some of this favor. That is that is that makes a mockery of the faith and it's superstition. And and there will be people who will fall victim to that, who will give to that. And I know and, you know, you know, some people will say, well, I mean, that's their fault. But you know what? We who have the truth, we have to stand up and tell it. We have to tell the truth. The Lord does not charge you for a blessing. The Lord, the Lord is not, you know, he, the, the Lord is not some mob boss. Right. Saying that you you can have it if the price is right. He's you not understand? A big worm. He's not a bully. I mean, I you know, <laughs> he's not big worm. You know, run me that money, and then I'm going to give you what you need. Like that's not the Lord that we serve, guys. And and you know, man, I I could tell you some stories, and will you could too of the kinds of things that you hear uh, in certain contexts where people are weak in their thinking. They have not steeped themselves in the word. If you want a defense against the chicanery, if you want if you want a defense against the sleight of hand, then you read the Bible. That's your defense. That's your protection against that. Let me just do this and then we'll go directly to the phone lines here. Karen Pence was recently interviewed by USA Today and she was asked about her image and she she talked about how. There are people that she doesn't even know, and they will come up to her and say, hey, we like your hair uh, shorter, or we like your hair longer, or whatever. <laughs> and she said, at these times, I'm like, oh, okay, hi, I'm Karen. <laughs> like, you don't even know me, you know? Right. And she, said she understands that that comes along with the job. But that question 
um, kind of segued into a question about her returning to work. You remember this story became a big story about the the. Right. The wife of the vice president working at Emanuel Christian School, Mm -hmm. which doesn't allow gay teachers or students. Now, I don't want you to miss this because this was Karen Pence's response. And it is beautiful. It is a beautiful response. But it is also a simple, reasonable, measured and faithful way to defend religious liberty in this country. And so this is the question. She says um, the the person who is interviewing her. So the interviewer says a gay person might say that your faith is attacking them for who they are. And this is after asking about her returning to this school to teach art. Mm -hmm. And this is the follow up. A gay person might say that your faith is attacking them for who they are. This is what Karen Pence said. And then we're going to go to the phone lines. She said, I don't make that connection. This country was founded on religious liberty. And I think we have to be careful about infringing on anyone else's beliefs. I think that if you have someone who has a certain belief, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily judging you. For example, there are people who have certain dietary restrictions because of their faith. I don't feel like they're judging me if I eat that food. (laughs) So I think that's where I see it gets carried away. And then she said this, that's unfortunate if someone feels judged. It certainly would never, ever, ever be my intention for anyone to feel judged by me. Definitely not. But I'm just a person who believes in the Bible. So it shouldn't be right for someone to attack me for my beliefs. That's kind of where I end up on that issue. Mm. Boom. Yeah. That's that's all you need to that's say good. about this is what I believe. Perfect. This is not an attack on anyone else and and not ashamed to say I believe what the word of God says. Man, so I say kudos. I like comments of the week from Karen Pence, right? Yeah. Comments of the week. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great. Where do we head first? Let's go to uh, Jerry in Tennessee. Hey, Jerry. Hello, Will and Mickey. How are you guys? Good, good. <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> I got you laughing already. All right. <laughs> So uh, this might go with uh, yesterday's uh, thing a little bit better. I mean, it was it's more of a political question. But um, so you were mentioning earlier that, we, you know, there's those people you're in a room and the whole room is going in one direction and you kind of raise your hand and say, hey, what what about this? I have been that person and I'm tired <laughs> of being that person, to be honest. With you. But um, I think we all know as evangelicals, um, we're told in the book of second politicians that we're all supposed <laughs> to be Republicans. Wow. <laughs> so here's here's my dilemma. I think uh, Trump has been doing a great job as president. I mm-hmm. think he's the best president we've had since Reagan. Um, and but so a whole bunch of things. I mean, he's he's just been great mm-hmm. in his official act as president. Yeah. So on that side, I give him a huge thumbs up. I'm so appreciative for all the things that he's done. But then I'm also a Bible believing Christian. And I look at what the Bible says about how we handle somebody who claims to be a Christian but acts very differently than we are called to act. Mm-hmm. I mean, 1 Corinthians 5, Mickey, I heard you mention it in the past week or so. Um, you know, it says if somebody says they're, if they're greedy and they, you know, are sexually immoral, you know, all these things, it says the New Testament church way of dealing with that is not to have anything to do with them. We don't pick up stones and, throw, you know, kill them or execute them or whatever. But the church says, hey, we can't go along with this. We can't have anything to do with you unless you get this straightened out. So I'm I'm wondering if you guys have a good resting place on that. How do we mm. rectify those things where we've got a guy who's doing a great job as president, but then as a Christian, his holiness level 
is <laughs> is really way below what it should be. Any thoughts on that? Okay. Yeah, that's a great that's question, a great Jerry. Question. And, and, and I think that that's in part why we have a conversation like this publicly, because I think that there are sincere believers who wrestle with that. Now, there are some who are just politically active and don't care. They don't right. wrestle with that at all. But I would say this where, where I have come to rest and, and will you feel free to jump yeah, in as well, yeah. is that we do shows like this where we say this is Christianity, this is what it looks like. And also then you have this in a different category. This is political activism, right? right? We live in a country where we have been afforded an incredible opportunity to influence elections, right? To, to vote our convictions. And so, that is a gift that God has given us, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. want us to to see that squandered. In fact, you know, one of the, I'll, I'll take it back to something that I think you know by the Spirit of God. Obviously, the Lord um, led the Apostle Paul to write, and you know, the Apostle Paul was writing and he was dealing with all kinds of issues, and and in Corinthians, which is so interesting because you've got the Apostle Paul who says to for slaves to submit to their masters, but then he writes to the Corinthians and he's like, if you can secure your freedom, seek after that, mm-hmm. you know. And I read that, and it's all it's almost as if, you know, in, in my thinking, I think, wow, you know, we were always moving toward a time yeah. where the preservation of the fact that we are made in the image of God was going to be celebrated and recognized across the board, that mm. you do not enslave men, even mm. though it's a system right now and you have to work within that system, ultimately getting ourselves to the Imago day, the we're aiming to be. And so I would say we have to work at times in what for us, spiritually speaking, mm-hmm. is uncomfortable because you go, no, well, I disagree with that. But politically speaking, I agree with that. And I think that it's responsible. I think it's good stewardship to vote in a direction that best aligns with your Christian conviction. Now, I don't know if that is the best answer for our brother, Jerry, but I would say that's that's where I come to rest on that. I, you know, yeah, I, I think. Go ahead, Will. Now, I would say doing shows like this and actually talking about these issues and not being scared to hit on, you know, what's going on. And as as Christians, you know, from the word of God, what should we be looking at? You know, I think we need to to highlight that and not just kind of uh, just be swayed one way or the other based upon politics or, or whatever it may be. Because mm-hmm. I think when you do that, once President Trump is gone and he's not in office anymore and you have somebody else pres- as president, mm-hmm. does the church lose its voice? That's because it, it didn't stand in a time right. and say this is right and this is wrong mm-hmm. when yep. when things were right and when they were wrong, you know. So I think we got to be more we we got to stop being so short sighted and look towards the you know what's coming ahead as well and say, man, the the word of God should not be maligned. So we need Amen. to say when when things are right, we say they're right. When they're wrong, they're wrong based upon the Bible. Yeah, and putting the gospel as your first and foremost aim to protect. Amen helps you do that. Amen. It helps you when when the gospel is central to you, you do this a little bit more easily, That's I right. believe. Where do we go next, Will the Great? Let's go to Marlo in Arkansas. Hi Marlo. Hello, Will. Hey. Hello, Mick. Hi. Yeah, I just want I just wanted to thank y'all for uh, clarifying about Paula White. I remember uh, I used to watch Today Star a lot and she came on, she had a really good testimony and mm. uh, she uh, but she was preaching that prosperity. Mm. And uh, you know when uh, if you don't if you're not uh, familiar with the Bible, you know, and the teaching, you can't get caught up in that. And uh, it, when I first heard that she was uh, ministering, you know, I, I heard that she had been ministering to uh, the president Trump, uh, you know, 
and I was kind—I of, was thanking God for that. But I'm glad you told me, uh, heard from y'all that uh, she was asking for money, you know. And but uh, at least she did, uh, you know. I, if you look at his past, you know, he was a Democrat. I think up until what a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. when he did all that stuff. Well, and, uh, not a couple, a little bit longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, I get what I, you're I, saying. I, yeah. Yeah. And but I just wanted to thank y'all for. Uh, what you do, and God bless y'all. All right. God Thank bless you, you so Marla. Much, Thank Marla. you for calling in. We appreciate you. Uh, where do we go next, Will the Great? Let's see. Let's go to Richard in uh, Texas. Hi, Richard. Hey, how are y'all doing? Uh, appreciate you taking my call. And uh, you guys sparked something alive in me when y'all mentioned about Paula White. That uh, there's a. I woke up the other morning. And I was thinking about the rich young ruler, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about uh, Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. And there's something about both of those uh, young guys that uh, you know. I've heard I've heard them use uh, uh, people have preached about them and said you know one controlled his money, Zacchaeus controlled his money, and the rich young ruler the money controlled him, and mm-hmm. and all this. But one of the things that what I got out of it, and what was highlighted to me by the Lord, was that. I started looking at Jesus's ministry through that, and it occurred to me, and this is the question I asked, I said, you know what, neither one of those gentlemen, Jesus never asked either one of those gentlemen for any funds, Hmm. but he told the rich young ruler, he said, hey, you know what, go sell that you have, give to the poor, and come and follow me. Hmm. He never said, he never, ever, ever said, hey, support my ministry. Mm-hmm. Come and support my ministry. Mm-hmm. He never said that to Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus offered to pay back 50% or half of all that he had. But he never, ever asked Zacchaeus to give him one penny into his ministry. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, Lord, have mercy. And it's almost as if the Lord was telling me and, and telling my heart that just like for me, he said, you got to step up in your faith, and you mm. got to trust me, and you got to believe me that I'm going to provide all of your needs. Amen. And that, that goes for the pastors, the evangelists, the prophets, everybody. Everybody needs to be able to, and that's just what I'm, this is what I wanted to share with you guys. Did we lose him? No. Oh, he's still talking. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. No, that was good. I was going to, I'm sorry, I was going to jump in, but I didn't, I didn't know. I thought there was still a little, there's still a little more steam in there. But man, you know, that's really, that's profound. I'm thinking of, um, oh goodness, I'm thinking of the, the, the man who started the orphanage, who the Lord spoke to his heart that he was never, you were George reading Mueller. his, George Mueller, thank you so much. You were reading his biography and uh, that the Lord spoke to him and, and he's recorded this all in his journals. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, how the Lord spoke to him that he was to present his needs to the Lord and to the Lord alone yeah. and that the Lord would answer. And there are some profound, just like jaw dropping accounts of the Lord stepping in at the last second and doing exactly what George Mueller needed. Mm-hmm. Um, not always what I guess he wanted, you know, I mean, certainly you could always use the Lord's aid a little bit sooner. Right. But yeah. the Lord stepping in and being faithful. Well, I don't know. Do we have time to squeeze? Oh, we don't. Can we squeeze in one last call? It had to be real quick. 30 seconds. All right. Oh no. Yeah, they're gone. Okay. They drop. <laughs> they're like they're like, well, there's the music. No one's getting in. We know how she does. 
She just talks <laughs> right up until the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, um, well, I hope that this is an encouragement. Tomorrow we are going to have Hope Helmuth on with us. Okay. And we are going to talk about, um, she's got a new recipe book out, um, Recipes from a Mennonite Kitchen. And I'm looking mm. forward to that. Um, but I hope that these shows are helpful. I hope that they are not divisive uh, within the body of Christ, but that it forces us to look deeply into what we believe and to be able to provide a robust defense of it. Um, the gospel must be distinct in 21st century America. Amen. Jesus Christ is worthy. All right. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.